Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you in this morning hour. We know that each of us is an open book to you, that our hearts are open, that you see our hearts, that you see the thoughts in our minds, that you understand the frailties of this life that we may have, the concerns that may be upon our thoughts, the frailties of our flesh, the challenges that we face, whether emotional or spiritual, and the way that we are at times attacked by Satan, that our faith in you is under siege, and we pray that you would help us to let go of these things now this morning. We pray that you would help us to open our hearts to you, that you would help us to hear your spirit and speak to us, and we pray that you would come and that you would minister to us in this day and strengthen us through the power of your Holy Spirit. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week I was in uh, Brunswick Hills for the, uh, the church uh, foundation meeting, and Saturday night um, after the meeting was over, Brother Nick uh, asked me if I would be willing to go with him to Medina on Sunday. And as we were talking, one of the things he said to me that was somewhat encouraging, you know, he said, well, how does it feel when you, when you uh, get up to, to serve as a minister? And I said, well, it's still, it's still unnerving. And uh, he said, well, that's good. You should always have a pit in your stomach. Otherwise, something's the matter with you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm in great shape today. Uh, I want to read from uh, Matthew chapter 25, starting with the 14th verse through the 30th verse. And it's Jesus' parable of the talents. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received the five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me the five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, 
Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went, and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast, that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. With uh, interest, of course. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it unto him which had ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, so last week, Brother Nick had told me that in Medina they had been studying the, the purpose of the church. And so that was, the, that was the focus, that was the focus of our service last week. And in some ways it went along well with something I've been studying or trying to, I don't know even know if studying is the word, a good word to use, I've been trying to understand or understand what is our purpose here on earth? What is our personal mission here on this earth? And in the parable of the talents, uh, talents of course at this time were were pieces of gold or silver that were used as, as money. And we think about, um, we usually think about these though as literally, a lot of times as literally talents, which is one way to interpret this, interpret the, the physical talents that were given to these servants. And we see that the Lord chose three servants, that he was going to go away. We know this parallels, of course, Jesus leaving this earth after he was crucified and risen again and going into heaven and leaving his disciples, his apostles, here on this earth. And we know during Jesus' time on this earth that his apostles, his disciples, his first 12 disciples were kind of a, uh, a motley crew, so to speak. In the, the background, they were always arguing over who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And they were seeking power in an earthly kingdom that they expected Jesus to set up on this earth. 
And Jesus tried to tell them many times that this was not, not, not the reason that he was here, that he was not here to achieve earthly power or status. He was not here to set up an earthly kingdom, but a heavenly kingdom. And today, yet, uh, when we look at this parable, perhaps we interpret it in the, uh, the daily capitalist struggle that we are in here to earn a living and to try to achieve a return on our investment, our investments, on our labor. And yet, I think there's, uh, if we, we try to dig deeper here, that we can, we can see ways that this applies to us personally and ways that we need to be thinking about the way we live out our life on this earth in order to bring Jesus' kingdom to this earth. There's an old saying that goes, there's three kinds of people. Those who make things happen, those who watch things happen, and those who say, what happened? Now, if I were to look at these servants, I would say the first two seem to be servants that made things happen. And the third servant seemed to be one who would be the one that said, what happened, right? I went out, I knew my Lord was very exacting, I knew that I was responsible for this talent, and I wanted it to be safe. His utmost concern was keeping this talent safe. He went and he buried it in the ground. And yet, when he came and he brought this talent without taking any risks, without trying to increase it, the Lord was very harsh with him and took it away from him. I would rather spend more time concentrating on the other two servants today, the ones who made things happen. I think if we want to be disciples of the kingdom, of course, the first thing that we have to think about is, why are we here on earth? If we go back to Ecclesiastes, in the Old Testament, King Solomon. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13, says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Fear God and keep his commandments defined as the whole duty of man. 
If we look at this in uh, the Amplified, uh, when the Old Testament, especially, or even the New Testament, when it talks about fearing God, you know, when we think about fear, we think about this dread, um, we think about uh, these worries we have, we think about the pit in the bottom of our stomach that we get. And yet, in the Amplified, in, it talks about fear as a reverence and worship of God and knowing that he is. So I think when we think of fear of God, perhaps we could take one of God's wonders or one of God's work, works and think about what feeling do you get if you stand at the edge of the Grand Canyon? I've been to the Grand Canyon, and when I stand there, I feel this reverence. I feel this awe. You look at this expansive, the beauty of the different colors, the different textures and the rocks and the, the depth of the canyon, and you, 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 you're taken in by this panorama, by this this, this vista that is all-encompassing, that seems to almost engulf you and surround you. And yet, at the same time, I do have, whenever I look over the edge of a deep crevasse like that, I have a, a certain amount of, uh, of fear of heights or falling. And I think that when we think about the fear of God, that we have to, that we have to consider the all-encompassing uh, definition of this, and not just to take it as we might think of today in English as uh, a fear, a uh, 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 fear, but also the acknowledge the reverence and awe that overcomes the fear that we might have of standing on the edge of a beautiful vista like the Grand Canyon. The last part of the verse, this is the whole duty of man. Again, if we go to the Amplified, of course, it's going to really expand upon this, this, uh, this duty. It says, the full original purpose of his creation, the object of God's providence, the root of character, the foundation of all happiness, the adjustment to all inharmonious circumstances and conditions under the sun. This is the full original purpose of God's creation. Fulfilling God's purpose is our duty. In another scripture, 
One of the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, which is the greatest command, commandment? In Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40, Jesus' response to this was, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. If we look at the Old Testament, of course, Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy 6.4 with the first part, that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And the second part, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, comes from Leviticus 19.18. So Jesus has taken the whole law, the whole Old Testament, and he has summed it up into these two components, loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and with loving your neighbor as yourself. Again, when we talk about what is our duty before God here, it's not just to reverence him, but to love him. So we have to recognize that God's position is above us, that God is infinitely greater than us, but at the same time, and this should inspire reverence and awe, but at the same time, we have to love God. We have to have a heart that reaches out to God, a heart that wants to have a relationship with God, that wants to know God and to fellowship with him. And finally, for a third purpose, if I go to Matthew 28, the Great Commission, starting with verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach, or disciple, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, even unto the end of the age. So I think these are the three basic purposes for us as human beings that we have here from a believing standpoint that once we give our lives to Jesus and are baptized into his baptism, that these are the three purposes that are set out for us. But actually, of course, these purposes are, were set out for us before we were born. If we go to Jeremiah 1.5, the Lord says to Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then Jeremiah said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto Jeremiah, Say not, I am a child. 
for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Here we see that before Jeremiah was born, that God gave him a purpose, gave him a specific purpose. So before we were talking about three general purposes, but what's important for each of us when we get up in our lot, when we get out of bed every morning, is to understand what do we believe our specific purpose is in serving God in this day or in this time. Here we see Jeremiah was called to be a prophet, not only to Israel, but unto all the nations. And we know that his word reverberates yet today to all the nations. So again, back to the parable of the talents. We see that each one was given a certain number of talents. Again, God gives us a certain number of resources. We may not all receive the same. We may receive different amounts of the resources. But God's expectations are not that we all gain five talents, but that we take the resources he's given, the, given us and we use them to the best of our ability to achieve his purposes. And what about us? I mean, do we know our purpose at birth? I mean, obviously, even though Jeremiah's purpose was given at birth, he didn't know it then. The Lord came to him later and told him that this was a specific purpose, a specific calling, if you want to use those words, that he was, that he was given. In birth, we're given certain DNA, certain talents, certain uh, perhaps lack of talent sometimes that we see. And yet, we're supposed to take the talents that we have and make the, be the best of those. And many times, as, even as young children, if we look in the, in the Bible, we will see Jesus himself in Luke 2. Twelve years old. He had hung back at the festival in Jerusalem, and he was sitting in the temple in the midst of the doctors, in the midst of the, the teachers there, and he was listening to their questions and asking them questions, listening to them speak and asking them questions, and they were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when his parents, who had lost track of him and came back several days' journey to find him, asked him, you know, why did you, why did you do this, son? Why did you leave us? Your father and I, Mary said, your father and I sought you uh, sorrowing. And he said unto them, why did you seek me? Didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? You know, we see 
Jesus, at the age of 12, knew that he had a purpose in his father's house, that he had a purpose of being about his father's business. And if I look back on my life, and I think if you look back on your life, if you go back to the time when you were around this age, maybe 7 to 12, preteen, sometime before you were preteen, there are probably things that you remember in your life that you like to do. Recently, I, I read a, a study that said, you know, people that are in midlife, those that are happiest are those that are doing the things that they like to do, similar to what they like to do when they were 10 years old. I don't know if that's true or not, but if I go back to my, my childhood and I look at some of the things that I thought about back in second grade, I see a lot of the threads still running through my life today. When I was in second grade, Brother Vic Schlaughter came and he was our missionary in New Guinea. He came and presented to us, you know, the, the way that the gospel was, was opening the doors to people in New Guinea to experience the Lord and to come to him. When I was in second grade, I had a teacher that encouraged me to write. I loved my teacher in second grade, and I thought, this is great. I want to be a teacher. I want to be like my teacher in second grade. So if I look at my life today, after 35 years in the workforce, doing various jobs, I am back to teaching. I won't say that I'm a missionary, but I'm still involved with the, very involved with the mission work from our church. And I think if you look back through your life, that you will see purposes that God has worked in your life, things that he has taken, threads. Brother, uh, Brother Hans always says, you know, he thinks about different threads through his life that the Lord has just brought together later in his life. And I see many of those things too. And I see certain, not only, not only the generic purposes, but specific purposes, specific callings that God started showing to me when I was young. Now, perhaps you don't remember any purposes from when you were young. Perhaps you don't, uh, that doesn't speak to you. I remember my, mo my mother once said to me, you know, I didn't really know what my purpose, didn't really feel like I knew what my purpose was in life until I had my four boys. She said, then I knew what my purpose was in life. So I think that God shows us purposes as we go through life, specific purposes. I think that he comes to us, he wants to speak to us, 
He wants to draw us into perhaps new purposes. When we, we, as we go through life, we experience changes, we experience these, these uh, inflection points, if I can call them that, where we have to make choices, step forward in faith, and go out, reach out in a, a different direction. Uh, Evelyn had me cleaning my room last week, and I stumbled across this whiteboard uh, evidently from about four years ago uh, when I left my job and I had written out this diagram and I had drawn I had drawn these lines here to different things that I might do, right? So I had four or five lines leading to different places and and uh, I was looking back on that and thinking, thinking, wow, it must have, it was, must have been kind of an uncertain time or that's kind of interesting. But again, we come to these points in our lives where perhaps a specific purpose that the Lord has given us, perhaps he's wanting us to move on to something else, to to, uh, continue to take our talents and invest them, to continue to increase those talents, to continue to serve him in in some way that he is, is asking us to step out in a new direction in faith and to uh, continue to multiply those talents. You know, if we look at the, uh, the parable of the talents here, at the end, the only way for us to fail is if we do nothing. God is infinitely open and asking us to trust him to step out in faith to continue to grow in him, to continue to honor and glorify him through the use of whatever talents he's given us. And sometimes those talents are used in circumstances or ways that we may not understand that we may not know, we may not anticipate. Howard Rutledge was a pilot who was shot down over Vietnam, North Vietnam, November 28, 1965. He was captured by the Viet Cong and he was transferred to a prisoner of war camp. He was cycled through several prisoner of war camps, including the infamous Hanoi Hilton, which of course was in no way a Hilton hotel. It was known for the exact opposite, for the increased amount of torture, for the increased difficulties of living there, But he was a believer, and he spent seven years in prison camp. He was a captain in the Air Force when he went in to prison camp. When he came out, his fellow prisoners considered him a chaplain because he was the one that provided the spiritual leadership to the fellow POWs there. Even when they couldn't talk, 
They would knock on the walls, send messages to each other. They would pray for each other. They would find ways to pass scripture verses to each other. He was finally released in 1973, more than seven years after first captured. As he was released, he wondered what it was going to be like. He wondered if his wife would still be there waiting for him. Other prisoners of war had had their families or their wives move on. But when he got off the plane, his wife came running down the ramp to meet him, threw her arms around him. You know, he thought his, probably thought that his uh, talent in life was flying an airplane. But for seven years, his talent, his spiritual gifts were used as a chaplain in a prison camp. And today, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't know how God will use us in the future, but we know that we need to continue to look forward. We continue to take the gift that he gives us each day to utilize the talents and the spiritual gifts that he's got, given us and to seek to return something greater to him. Let's return something greater through having fellowship with him. Let's return something greater to him by looking to him and having awe and reverence for his power and might, and let's return something to him by going and preaching the gospel in all the world.